In the name of the triune God, Father, Mother, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Yesterday was Pride on the Promenade. And it was a joy to be out there celebrating with quite a few of you. We had a booth, we had games, and we had swag. We had wristbands, buttons, and flags. So many flags, all to give out to anyone who played a game, which was pretty much just roll a ball, toss a little ring. We had the original classic rainbow flag. It was commissioned back in 1978 by Harvey Milk, who was the first openly gay elected official in California. And sadly, who in 1978, later that year, was assassinated? We also had what's called the progress flag, one that was developed in 2018 to be more inclusive, to include the trans colors, powder blue, pink, and white, to include stripes of brown and black, affirming people of color within the community. And I noticed we also had a few trans flags. What I didn't notice is we had a whole bunch of other flags with other colors. Didn't notice it until a young person came up and said, hey, could I have one of those asexual flags? <laughs> now, by the giggles, I'm guessing your response was like mine. There's an asexual flag? And our more alert uh, booth mates pointed out to me that, yes, there are an array of flags right now. There are flags celebrating the spectrum of gender identity and gender expression, each one with different sets of color. And a lot of them were new to me. But where the people they were not new to were the people of those communities. And to see the delight of this young person asking for an asexual flag, something that represented who they were, that they were seen by us, a church, that grin priceless. So we had a flag, a bisexual flag, a non-binary flag, a pansexual flag, lesbian flag, gay male flag, and even a condition fluid flag. Now I'll admit I also needed some help there. Sort of guessed what condition, uh, condition fluid meant, but somebody who came up eagerly wanting their condition fluid flag explained that it's a non-fixed gender identity that can shift over time or can shift in situation. These flags were so popular, we ran out well before the end of our booth time. And I can't wave them here. I wanted to wave each one and show you all, but I can't because they were picked up by people for whom this meant so much to be seen, to be acknowledged, to have, in a sense, a welcome by the church, by God, that in your fullness of whoever you are, whatever flag, you are loved by God. So when I heard this morning's gospel, Jesus on the mountain post-resurrection saying, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, I think about these flags. These flags representing nations of the heart. Nations that are emerging into light now. Nations of being, of diversity of being, 
that have before been hidden by centuries of cultural denial and shame. And many identities now being squelched actively by horrible legislation around the country. So Jesus' call on the top of the mountain is to reach out to all, to bring all into the fold, no exclusion. Our call is to enter into relationship with everyone, upholding the dignity and sacredness of every human being. This is a call to be in relationship, to bring the diversity of humanity into the full embrace of God's love and the diversity that may be in our own hearts, squelched by whatever. Bring that into the light of God's love. And we have a God whose very nature is relational. God Almighty, who Jesus called Abba, Father. Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, a relational God in relation with us, modeling how we can be in full relation with the world. So we could consider this diverse God calling God's people, calling all of us to be diverse ourselves, to express our own diversity and put into action the love that God has given us. This isn't easy. Unless you feel scared about doing this, about taking a little step out, lest we be unsure of walking into unknown territory, let's hear that last line of this morning's reading. Remember, says Jesus, I am with you always to the end of the age, forever and ever and ever. And it's interesting when I imagine these disciples up on on the mountain, I imagine them as being so confident and sure, like, wow, they've been with Jesus, they've witnessed his death, now the resurrection, the women have seen Jesus, have told them, hey, Jesus wants you to go up to Galilee, up this mountain, and there he will meet you. I imagine they believe, they like get it. Jesus right there being made known to them. And I'll be honest, I sometimes get jealous of that clarity or what I perceive of that clarity. But again, if we go back to this gospel reading, it turns out that they weren't so certain. When they saw him, it says, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Really? But some doubted? that remarkable moment? And there are multiple translations of this little phrase. Today, we, we read on Sundays from the New Revised Standard Version that has, but some doubted. But the NRSV, this version, has been updated in the last couple of years, and the new translation says, but they doubted. Wow. All of them? And one Greek scholar posits that perhaps a more accurate translation would be while they doubted. So right here, we have this incredible call by Jesus to go out into the world, to make disciples of all nations, to share the love, and also an affirmation of the reality that we all live, the disciples live, with elements of doubt. 
Doubt is, in reality, part of our walk in faith. We're never going to have certainty, 100% certainty, about the great mystery of who God is. A rare few people have had visions over the centuries, and some of these have been recorded. But even many of these, the people who've recorded them will say later on, well, the presence of that vision or that moment has kind of faded. Maybe this has happened to you when you felt touched by God, but the reality of that kind of fades with time. And then questions can come in, well, was that real? But Jesus is holding those disciples up on the mountain in the same way he holds us because they followed, they trusted the women to go up to the mountain in the same way we trust something of what is revealed of God, of Christ, of the Holy Spirit, and that we're here today. They're there with their questions, whatever the doubts may be. But they're also there with the experiences of their lives. In the same way we're here with the experiences of our lives, of how God's love has touched us, perhaps with moments of grace, of that peace that is beyond all understanding, that healing, transformation, reconciliation perhaps, freedom. And withholding both of those, we are asked by Christ to step into the mystery, leap into the mystery and the power of living God's love in the world. So this is a call not to intellectually assent to what the Christian faith is. This is a call to pursue a style of life that's based on love and justice. This is a call to be doers of the word, not simply hearers or consumers. As to lean into love through action not through mind debates or not waiting till we've made up our mind about X, Y, or Z, theological point or understanding. Lean into love in action. I think about the 12-step community and AA, there's a common phrase saying, fake it till you make it. Maybe that's the call. Bishop Rob Wright recently wrote that Jesus points the disciples and us away from having conversations about absolute clarity and points us towards developing a capacity for uncertainty. Capacity to be on the mountaintop with both uncertainty and the presence of God. To walk down that mountaintop amidst questions and doubt. Our lives are living laboratories of trusting God and growing into trust of God, a falling forward with Christ down the mountain with love to spread love. The call this morning is to take that love into our hearts and take that love out to the nations of heart around us, whether it be like we did yesterday with the LGBTQIA plus community or next Sunday we're going to be marching in L.A. Pride, or whether it's into places of extreme oppression, of poverty, of abuse. These can be into spaces that are really small. I mean, think about that one flag, the joy of giving one flag to one person. 
the joy of one thing that you may say, one act of kindness, the smallest scale is love. And whatever our own swirl of uncertainty or question is, there is one thing we can be absolutely certain about, the promise at the end of this gospel reading, when Jesus says, I will be with you always to the end of the age. Amen.